When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Off the Bench Summer Edition. All the big news and views from sport. Yes, hello, welcome to it. It's a summer slash Christmas New Year edition of Off the Bench. Jason Matthews, everyone's on holidays. It's incredible. It's only me uh, lurking around getting the overtime at the moment. A big show. You look back at some of the big interviews of 2023. A couple of rippers uh, lined up for you. Uh, Brett Kenny, a chat that he had with Sats and Rat around the immortal discussion. Uh, great two-part interview with Brett Kenny, one of the greats to play the game, uh, coming up real soon. Chris Nelson will give us some tips for some weekend racing around Queensland, but let's kick it off with the man from the Bunnies. He's uh, a Narang Rooster original. Uh, he's pretty keen about getting to Vegas. Jai Arrow joined Sats and I earlier last month. Cook, Murray. Now, um, last, what was it, Wednesday or Thursday? Uh, yep. By the way, we're here for World Gym Australia, improving lives through fitness. Um, we talked about the greatest mullets in world sport. And yep. we're talking all sports. And we're talking all mullets. Taro and Nikia. Yes, was there. Uh, Cam Smith, the golfer. Yep. Not the former rugby league star. Who else do we have in there? Oh, Nico Hines, the world's filthiest. No. Well, it's not really a mullet. That's, that's just a mop. That's just dirty hair. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. Uh, this bloke was top of the list. Yep. Very good mullet indeed. Has he still got it? That's what I want to know. Let's find out. He's joining us now from the Mighty Bunnies. Actually, we're going to talk south. Jai Arrow joining us on Sports Day. G'day, Jai. Hey, boys. How you going? Good. You still got it? Have you still got the mullet? Uh, yes. It's uh, long, luscious, and um, <laughs> it's not enjoying the heat at the moment. It's... Um, been a bit of a burden in this heat down in Sydney, especially with those heat waves we've had. Um, it's been, yeah, look, it's been tough, but um, it's it's still looking pretty. Uh, I'm starting to starting to look like Joe Dirt more and more every day, boys. So, nice. Uh, yeah, I love it. Now, Joy, at any stage, have you had it in any sort of band or scrunchie? Oh, confirm please. or deny? Oh, please no. Oh, I can confirm. Yesterday, for the first time. Um, being being um, in the hot box, uh, my hair's starting to really my hair's starting to really Freeze. annoy me. Sat so um, I had it tied up yesterday because it was um, it was going everywhere and oh. um, it was actually starting to piss me off. So I can confirm that I, I did have it tied up uh, yesterday. 
This is disappointing. You know what? The, this the, is really The kids in Narang Roosters and Burley Bears. They're crying right now. They'd just be crying right now. But uh, I thought you were one of the hard men. But anyway, <laughs> let's move forward. Now, are you a player that loves preseason or loathes preseason? I think I know the answer to this. Maybe I don't. I'm a bit on the fence here, especially now that I'm now that I'm getting older and uh, wiser and probably less physically in, um, less physically, I suppose. What's the word? Um, yeah, it's it's my ninth preseason now, so it's really starting to get to me. But <laughs> I do love what I do. It, it's something that I'm passionate about. Don't get me wrong, but um, in this heat, uh, it, it it is really starting to get to me, boys. But I suppose I still pinch myself every day. I can't complain. I'm living out my dream. I play rugby league for a living, so I think I need to shut my mouth and uh, put my head down and tra- train my ass off to get myself right for round one, yep. which hey, is in well, Vegas just quietly. Which, oh, I know. Uh, I can't how, wait. How did you not? How did they pick Campbell Graham? Graham. Like, <laughs> yeah, good question. <laughs> I um, I actually asked if. I actually asked if uh, Stretch needed moral support going over there because I'd already gone over there for a business trip in um, a bus- a October. Business. So I thought the club, I thought the club were going to, uh, you know, send me over there with him because they already knew that I'd been there and checked it out for yeah. him and checked out all the good gyms and um, all, all that kind of thing. So yeah, I was pretty baffled as to why they didn't send me, boys. Uh, I'm I'm not salty one bit, but I reckon they could have used extra hands over there to to chauffeur the boys around and mm. um, to make it much more of a Vegas experience instead of um, you know them not knowing what to do. So I'm pre- pretty salty at that, to be honest. And um, whether the club trusts me or not, no no idea. But we'll just we'll go with that. Hey, eh? yeah. Hey, I mean the whole rugby league's world still scratches its head as to why Woods is there. Like no no one can work that out. Yeah. Well, it is what it is, mate. Um, Stretch is over there now. and I've actually I FaceTimed him when he was at the NFL. So um, he said he's enjoying his time over there. And also, I'm trying to do daily checkups with him. Um, I'm calling him Stretch's Diaries uh, every day he's in Vegas. So I'm um, looking forward to Stretch's Diary um, today. I'm still waiting for a message, actually. So if you can get back to me, Stretch, that'd be great, mate. Fair income. Hey, um, business in Vegas, Can you can you tell us more? Um, uh, so I, I know that we're, uh, heading maybe a couple of weeks before we play, but we're heading to San Diego for a, a 10, 11 day camp. So that'll be a great experience. I know we've got access to a college football, um, facility over there, which, which will be unreal. Apparently it's on the beach as well. So, um, we'll be, we'll be doing it tough over there. And then a couple of days before the, um, game then no doubts we'll head to Vegas and get settled in um, and then yeah it's go time on Saturday night I suppose and um, yeah, hopefully celebrate a good win and um, especially being round one we want to get up to a good start as well so um, I'm actually quite nervous for the boys who haven't been to Vegas yet mm. um, it's been known to swallow people whole and <laughs> I can tell you the first time I went there I, I came back a, a broken man physically, mentally and financially. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing a few heads that are 
um, physically, mentally and financially broke after the, um, you know, hopefully after a good celebration, after a good win. Who are you nervous about most in the team? Yeah. Oh, Tell us, Duncan. Oh, that's a good question. Oh, yeah, he's a young kid. He yeah. just recently come back from there, actually. So, um, you know, maybe he's sort of um, seasoned to it. But the ones at the top of my head, oh, Cody Walker, he's never been. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's never been. So I don't think he knows what to expect. So I'm looking forward to his head come when we leave. And I'm looking forward to taking photos of him and taking the piss out of him. Oh, so good. So good. Now, um... Saw so Tommy Burgess and also Damien Cook. He's a beach sprinter. I don't know whether you knew that. And AJ, AJ um, of course, Alex Johnston on the screens with the Wiggles. Now, you didn't get a start in Vegas. How did you not get a start with the Wiggles? Oh, well, looking at those boys, I understand they've got kids. And, and Tommy Burgess, looking at that video, he was in his absolute element. So <laughs> I didn't really want to take anything away from those boys. Um, in the Wiggles. I don't know how I would have went. I don't know if I'm a you know, children performer um, yeah, as they are, but those boys having kids and uh, Tommy absolutely loving life, being with the Wiggles. I'll let those boys have that, that little bit of fame and um, I'll, I'll just sit back, enjoy the videos, put them up on Instagram, take the piss out of them and um, yeah, let them, I'll let them do that. Hey, so now just back to your back to preseason training. I mean, once upon a time, Joy, there was the ten k run, the five k uh, run, the beat test, the phosphate yep. test. What's the big test now at training in preseason? Uh, so our testing was the one point two, mm-hmm. um, so twenty, forty, sixty back five times. Um, so that's our sort of main test. Um, when we come back day one and um, you do another one, I think a few weeks later as well to see where you're at and if you're progressing, I guess. And, and there's also another one, which is just a, a six-minute test, basically run around the field in, uh, for six minutes for as far as you can. So they're the two testings that we've done this year. And um, the six-minute test was an absolute doozy. That, um, that surprised everyone. So... Um, yeah, it's good to see they're throwing in a few more Ks in the legs and um, <laughs> surprising us with, with longer runs. But um, I think those 10Ks and 5Ks sats are, are dead now. There's obviously a lot of science behind rugby league and um, young kids are getting soft these days. So um, we'll just stick to the 1.2 on the six-minute test. Not a lot of people like having this, Jai, but do you guys have a fat club? So if you are, uh, I suppose we do have a fat club, but if your skin folds uh, over your target and your weight is over your target, you have to do a little bit of extra um, hot box. So the cardio room, the altitude room with the heater on um, for an extra sort of half an hour when, when told. So I guess we do have a fat club, but it's not like fat clubs that I've, um, seen in the past, which is, you know, start at 6am every day in the altitude room and then have to go and do a full day's training. So um, the boys have got it, say, much, much better than I have seen, but it is still tough as well. I think this um, the pre-season for us has really ramped up this year, which is, um, you know, hopefully going to be good for us leading into the 24 season, um, especially 
with the way we finished the year last year. So, um, you know, hopefully a few more Ks in the legs throughout this preseason will will give us a you know a good run in leading into the 24 season, boys. So, what do you make of the athlete? He's played 20 tests for the All Blacks. He's only 23, 24. Caleb Clark has been doing some training with you guys. He's a he's a specimen, isn't he? Do you think he'd make the transition easily enough if he if he had to? Yeah, physically he looks really good, doesn't he? Mm. Um, he's a beast of a bloke, and I have seen him vaguely play union. Um, and the way he runs the ball, he, he seems like he's he's got that. Uh, you know, when Latrell carries the ball, he's got that. Um, you know, uses people as speed bumps. Yeah. he's a big boy. He's athletic. He's fast. He's strong. And um, I think I'm pretty sure speaking into it today, he's contracts up next year i'm pretty sure with um you know the all blacks so he's only 24 years of age as well which is pretty scary so um i'd love to see him play league i'd love to see him suppose get the opportunity if he wanted to and i have no doubts that um south will south will be keeping their eye on him um especially how physically big and strong and powerful he is Mm. Plays on the wing, 109, 110 kilos. Oh, you'll probably end up with the Roosters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, before we let you go, uh, Joy, now that you're at the age you are, you know, you're 28 years of age and you've, you've been in the game a long time, what are the differences when you meet with the strength and conditioners and the performance crew, what are the sort of things that are touched on with you and your game? Even though you're, you're a veteran, you've been around a long time, what are the areas that you feel as though the feedback you get that you need to sort of improve on or – or continue just to polish up on? Uh, at the moment, for me, with the, I suppose, injury-ridden um, injury ridden year that I had this year, it's more about getting my body physically right and um, to prevent, I suppose, those injuries um, from happening. With the, with the footy parts of things, I suppose, if now that, you, you know, that I'm getting, um, you know, I suppose, on in my career and I'm starting to get older and um, I'd like to think wiser, but I don't know how much wiser I could possibly get, even though I've got a kid, you know, a, a kid, a bloody kid brain. But I, I think it's more the um, leading these younger boys, yeah. um, you know, and helping them with their game and, and just teaching them as much as I can to be, you know, to be a, a good person off the field as well as if they have questions that come to me to mentor them and, and, and hopefully turn them into the best players they possibly can be. And um, you know, my, my role doesn't change on the field. Sats, I go out there week in and week out with my heart on my sleeve and uh, put my body on the line and, and, and play my role for the team as best I can. But I think for me now, it's more to, to teach these young boys that um, you know, if you put your mind to things, then you, you can, I suppose, you know, do anything with it and um, just to help them and hopefully transition them into first grade. And once I, once it's all said and done and I'm sitting down with my legs crossed, retired, um, <laughs> you know, to see those boys come through and be quality people and quality players as well. Beautiful. Joy Arrow, we always end a South Sydney interview with Glory Glory just to annoy the crap out of our Roosters uh, listeners tonight. Mate, what have we learned today, boys? We've learned that Cody Walker... Uh, is in danger when he goes to Vegas. Well, we, we've Vegas is a long. <laughs> Vegas is a lot different to a casino. Yeah, true. Okay, in northern yes. New South Wales. And yeah. the other thing, yes, it is. and the other thing is, is that uh, Jairo is having issues with his hair mm. uh, at the moment and is putting it in a bun. That's what we've learned today. Yep. Thank exactly. you, Jai. We appreciate your time on Sports Day, mate. Go the bunnies in 2024, my friend.
Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Jai Arrow on Sports Day. For World Gym, train for the sport you play, building the next generation of legends. Welcome to Off the Bench Summer Edition. All the big news and views from sport. Neil, Brett Clark, long ball, Brett Gale. Intercepted by Kenny! Oh! Hang on, where's the opposition gotten to? Brett Kenny snatching it out of the air, as we've seen so often from him. Oh, he was great. It's so good to have him on the line here. But before we do that, have a listen to this. Can I just go through this resume yeah, with yeah, your rat please and do. listeners? Please 265 do. games for the Eels, four-time Premiership winner. He was 2021 and 22 when that three-peat happened. Mm. He was a Clive Churchill medalist, retrospectively, in 82 and 83. Mm. 17 origins, 17 test matches, two kangaroo tours, Challenge Cup winner in Wigan in 1985. What a game. Lance Todd Trophy player of the Challenge Cup 1985 and the Golden Boot winner for the best international player of the year in 1985. And Steve, one of our loyal listeners, would oh, be absolutely frothing be, at the moment. He'd be beside himself. Brett Kenny joins us on Sports Day. How are you, Bert? Oh, man, not too bad. Going okay. <laughs> so how's life? So we're talking to you a little bit off air. You're... um. You're on the Central Coast at the moment, are you? Yeah, mate. Yeah, been up here now for oh, just on 10 years, 10, 12 years, I think. Yeah, and what? what, so, what you... um, yeah, it's been good. There's quite a few ex-parameter players up here and and that. So um, the funny thing is we, we don't sort of catch up with each other until we do something um, related to the rugby league with Parramatta. Yeah, yeah so, um, mate, you've got... Um, yeah, we, we, we don't sort of see each other that much up here. You've lost your mate Sturlow. He's moved up to Port Stephens now, you're saying. <laughs> but um, uh, what, what do you get up to on the Central Coast, mate? What, what do you, you, you play a bit of golf? You do any fishing? What, what's, uh, what's Bert doing on the Central Coast? Yeah, yeah, just play a bit of golf. I'm a member of Shelley Beach Golf Club. So I've only, I can walk up the top of the hill um, to the golf club and then if I go over the hill down to the beach. So where I am, I'm pretty central to everything. Got a little shopping centre. Mm. Down the other end of the road, so um, yeah, it's it, it's been good. So just yeah, play golf every almost Sundays and and uh, just do a bit of work during the week. Beautiful, mate. Now, mate, before we get into rugby league, um, I wanted to chat to you because your hand-eye coordination—you see it when you play—is just unbelievable. But from all reports, you could have been lost to baseball. You're a pretty handy baseballer. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually come from a baseballing family. My dad. My dad played for Australia, um, I think back in the 60s, and um, back then baseball here in Australia wasn't that big. So they um, they used to have like a Claxton Shield, it was called. Yeah. A, bit, a bit like Sheffield Shield in cricket where all the states get together, play each other over a period of a week or so, and then um, they select an Australian team, and he, he was selected to play for Australia, and and uh, I think they played against uh, a United States Navy team that were in in port and whatever city the um, the Claxton Shield was in. So um, yeah, they didn't sort of get to play against world ranked teams that often. But uh, yeah, he played for Australia, and then because it was just a natural thing for for me being a baseballing family. The day you know I was I was probably three months old. It was my first time at a baseball game, and. And um, yeah, just started playing baseball in the summertime, and where all my mates were playing cricket, and 
uh, yeah, just from there, sort of that's where I think a lot of the hand-eye coordination come from was, was playing baseball. Was there any thoughts made of perhaps, you know, pushing your way over to the US and having a crack at the majors? Oh, mate, well, back then it wasn't wasn't like it is now and, yeah. and um, I don't think they had too many scouts coming over. Um, you know, like that was back in the 70s and, and um, you know, I, I enjoyed playing and um, I was going okay and it wasn't going too bad. But one thing it did do for me is, is it taught me, you know, what it's going to be like um, being the son of a, of a father that, Played at the highest level, mm. um, you know the expectation that people have on you at a young age. You know I've seen that happen through rugby league as well, and um, I guess I was fortunate to be able to go through that at an early stage. But but um, yeah, I, I enjoyed enjoyed playing baseball, and and um, I guess in a lot of ways, if I could have gone, got myself over to America, well, who knows what I would have been able to achieve. Mm. But back then, it was it was just uh, just play at home and, and um, you know, wasn't too many guys actually uh, got got taken over there. Yeah, well, different time, maybe. Yeah, but it ended up being rugby league, Bert, and you're born around the Canterbury region. So back then, how did it work being identified? And what I mean by that is why not, be, why not a bulldog? Well, I was born at Canterbury Hospital, but I, I was... Eventually, like by the time I was five, we moved out to Greystones, which is a Parramatta yep. area, um, a suburb out there, and, and I ended up playing all my junior football at Guildford. Um, funny thing was, it was a, one of the guys from up a couple of houses up the road. He come down and said he was going down to try out to play rugby league, and would I like to come? And I said, Oh, well, I'll go down, have a go. So I went down. There. I think we were eight. I think he was there for 12 months. Um, I was there for 10 years. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I started to enjoy the game. And and um, and as as you went along uh, in your junior football, they had um, different junior rep teams. Jersey Flag was one. I think that was back then. It was probably under-18s. I remember I was 16 and got asked to try out. Didn't make it. Following the year... I wasn't asked, and I'd, I'd heard there was a guy from Guildford that actually spoke to the coach, who was Terry Swift, and said, you know, asked why I wasn't asked to go over, and he didn't realise that had happened. So I got the invite, went over, made the side, and then from there um, I was still playing at Guildford and then eventually went to uh, what they call President's Cup, which mm. was under-21 rep mm. team for Parramatta, and I was trialling with them against guys that were trialling for uh, grade at Parramatta around the 23s and after um, a weekend of trials there, I got asked to go over and try out for the under 23s and um, that was at the back end of 1979 and early 1980. I remember we, I was still playing baseball in the summertime so uh, we had a trial game at Brookvale Oval and fortunately I was in the team probably the fourth team of the under 23s had about five or six of them and I think I hit kicked off at 10.30 after the game had a shower drove out to Blacktown played baseball that afternoon and <laughs> obviously once I got graded my dad said to me you know you're not going to be playing baseball anymore so that was the end of the baseball career. Oh well so you t- I, I love talking to our our rugby league uh, former players about their debuts 
Burton, just reading that your debut was that there's some some ovals I never wanted to make my debut at. In mm. the day, I didn't want to make de- my debut at Campbelltown for some mm. reason. I don't know why, but probably the other place I wouldn't want to make my debut at if I, you know, if I didn't have if a history at the club would be Redfern Oval. And that's exactly where you came off the bench and played your, your debut. Was there any welcome to first grade <laughs> moment at Redfern? Oh, no, not really. I, actually, I was a South supporter as a kid, and I remember um, I was 19, I was sitting on the bench. I'd played reserve grade, and I was sitting on the bench for the first grade. Back then, everyone could sit on the bench, and nine times mm. out of ten, you sat there because yep. it was easier than trying to find a spot in the crowd. <laughs> um, and yeah, you know, being a South supporter, I, I was hoping we won in, the, in reserve grade, but I was sitting there thinking it was South scored. I thought, oh, how good was that, you know? Mm. <laughs> and then here I am, get a tap on the shoulder, and and uh, went on and played outside Mick Cronin, and um, it was one of those things. Yeah, you know, it was uh, it was ironic that I, you know, as I said, I was a South supporter all my all my life, well, all my junior life as a as a young kid. Um, followed South, and here I was you now making a debut in first grade against South Sydney, and. I've often said to people, I always thought first grade wasn't that tough, you know, wasn't that hard, but it took me a few years to realise that playing outside Mick Cronin was a big advantage. He really looked <laughs> after me and he helped me, helped me grow into, into first grade and, and grow into the centre position. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he got quite a few more knocks than he normally would have um, just to look after this skinny-looking blonde-haired kid outside him. Well, I, mate, I, I can concur with what you're saying there. My old man used to tell me many a story about the way the Crow used to set him up, make him look really good. Um, but we know you had the talent, Bert, and, um, you know, how, I just wanted to ask you, how much does a, does a man like Jack Gibson play in your development as a 21, 22, 23-year-old winning three consecutive grand finals, you know, as a playmaker, Clive Churchill and two of them, how much impact does, does uh, uh, Jack Gibson have on a young playmaker oh, in yeah, those I've, times? I've always said, yeah, mate, I, I've always said that, you know, Jack's probably, well, not probably, but he was the best coach that I've ever played under. Um, and it wasn't just the football side of things, it was your personal life as well and, being a young guy, um, you know, I was, uh, was 20, 20 years of age in 81 and you got someone like Jack Gibson as your coach and i got to admit I was shit scared when he first arrived because <laughs> he didn't know what to expect. I'd heard all these stories but he was a great man and and a very honest man And but he was very big on discipline and I felt that was good for me being a young bloke and having a lot of this sort of everything happening so quickly, um, you know, the, being graded in 1980 as a 19-year-old and playing first grade that year, everything sort of happened really quickly. You can get it, you can let it get to you a little bit, and but having Jack there, that sort of didn't happen. And you know, it didn't matter who you were or what you've achieved in the game, everyone was treated the same. And and um, you know, it was one of the, well, three of the best life, best times in my life in in, um, in 81, 82, 83 when Jack was our coach. You know, we. He just learned so much, and he he kept things so simple. Mm. And that was the thing. People were very surprised when they talked to you, and they expect you to be saying, "Well, I had a book, you know, six inches thick, <laughs> full of plays, and what we had to do." And I said, "It was never like that." He, one of the things Jack used to say to us: "If we're ever on the field and we're not sure what's going on, and we're in a dummy half, just pick the ball up and run to the middle of the field." And that was it. Mm. We'll, we'll look after that after. Once you get tackled, we'll worry about what you're going to do next, you know. And 
everything was very simple with him and, and he'd often bring at training he would sort of come up with a play and he'd say this is what I want to do and we'd go through the play and then he'd ask us whether we thought it was any good if someone was in a position where they couldn't get to where they were supposed to and so he, he was never one that wanted to dominate the players he was always prepared to ask the players you know, what they thought of everything and, and um, yeah just just a great man I've always said I, playing under the coaching of Jack Gibson not only made me a better player but more importantly made me a better person mm. yeah there's a lot of good well, men so. in rugby league there's a lot of good people in rugby league and you know you, you can sort of sometimes you know you, you see the, the media sometimes and the press around the game sometimes and you it's disappointing because you know there are so many good people in the game that have made such a huge impact in people's lives. And Jack Gibson certainly had an impact in my life, yep. um, you know, as a young man, getting to meet him uh, when he was down at Cronulla. And, uh, yeah, look, it's, it's it's amazing to hear what an impact he's had in your life, Bert, being such a an icon and, and um, an amazing player of, and, of our game. I don't um, know about his dress sense. Bert, I loved he, it. He used to have the big bears rug, didn't <laughs> the, the big, he? As the jacket, the coat, and the hats, and <laughs> German shepherds at training. <laughs> I used to wonder what was under those coats. I was always a bit wary that he put his hand in underneath. I don't know what's going on here, but mm. I always remember, like this is the type of coach he was. And you don't see it often that often in a lot of coaches today, but he knew every player in the club, and he knew everything about every player in the club. He could read his players and I remember one day I got out I think it was 1983, I'd been away on a kangaroo tour, I hadn't missed a game in that season and went straight over to England and come back, didn't have much of a break and anyway I started playing and, and then uh, got out out of the car training and someone come over and said Jack wants to see you in his office, well that's not what you want to hear when you get out of the car so I sort of went weak at the knees and I think oh shit what have I done I walked in, he just told me to sit down. He said, I'm not going to play you this week. And, of course, I said, well, Jack, I haven't missed a game in nearly two years and I'd like to play. He said, well, that's fine. If you want to play, you can play reserve grade. <laughs> no. He said, so it's either have the week off or play reserve grade. I said, okay, I'll have the week off. He said, good, get your bag, go and get in your car and go home. They don't want to see you for till next Tuesday. And so that's what I did. And... And um, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I'd had too much football. I was tired. Um, and a few weeks later, I, I remember seeing a replay of a game on TV and Bill Anderson said that Jack Gibson must be pleased with the return of form of Brett Kenny. And I thought, well, that was because of what he did. And he just knew that I needed a break. Mm. Same thing happened to me in 87. And with that experience that I've had before with, with what Jack did, I knew what I was going through. I didn't have a break from the game, but I just knew that eventually I'll, I'll get through it, but I knew why I was I was like I was. Welcome to Off The Bench Summer Edition. All the big news and views from sport. Welcome back to Off The Bench. Hope you're staying dry and safe with the family over this Christmas New Year period. Part two of Sats and Rats Chat with Brett Kenny. So much talk at present around the immortals again and who's going to be the next inducted. Your name again is front and centre. <laughs> as it should be. As it should be. But how appreciative are you? Because it's hard for you to, to talk about yourself, it's, isn't it? Sportsmen and women, it's hard for them to talk about themselves and promote themselves. But how how appreciative are you that there's so many in your corner that think you should be there? Oh, yeah, mate. I, I, I've often 
You often think of when it all comes out, you know, people are talking about it all the time, as you're saying, you think about I often think, you know, geez, if ever I do get become an immortal, the first thing I'm gonna have to do is thank everyone on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> it was just yeah. seems to be on Facebook, everyone everyone say, Yeah, he should be an immortal. Now I see Ron Cooten and you know, I think well I can't disagree with that. Um I guess yeah, it, it's it's nice to have people think that you're at that level and, and you've done enough in the game to, to warrant being classed as an immortal. I know people bring up the fact that, as we mentioned a little earlier, that um, I replaced Wally Lewis in the test matches in England um, and he's an immortal. So, And then also Mal Meninga in 86. Um, I played in the centres and with Gene Miles. Um, so <clears throat> there's an argument there, but uh, look, you know, I, it's it's obviously good to have people mention you about it. Being an immortal, it, I don't know, it may happen. Um, I honestly believe that they they should have done it in in decades, say sixties to seventies, and team players that played in that era, pick four of them, and then seventies to eighties, and and done it that way. Um, there's probably a lot more. Players that I think, you know, weren't being an immortal that probably would never get mentioned. So, and the players that played years before me. Um, but yeah, as I said, it's it's a, always a, a great honour to think that people think you've done enough in the game to warrant being at least mentioned. I like that. Being immortal. I like that system. Well, I said that it's last night, Sats. You know, mm. I mean, we we need to. It's just we're Categorize. not gonna, we're not going to get it right until we do it in blocks. Like yep. it's like this period, this period. Like it just becomes too convoluted. Yeah. And like someone like Brett Kenny, who should have been an immortal years ago, it, it, now we're questioning it. Like you look at the resume. Mm. Like it's a given. So, Bert, can I ask you this? Is is it important to you to be named it, an immortal? Oh, man, sometimes I think, yeah, it'd be nice to do it. And then I think, well, what, is it going to make any difference to my life? You know, you think, well, is it something that you go, well, geez, if I become an immortal, this will happen and that'll happen and that'll be good? Um, or you just, I guess you just don't know. I mean, um, people will always have their opinions and, and if you don't, if it comes out that I don't get it or say Ron Coot, who everyone's talking about at the moment, if he doesn't get it, there will still be people who will say, in our eyes, he's an immortal. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess I often wonder, you know, if I did become an immortal, would my life change? Or And if it did, how will it change? Maybe it will, maybe it won't. I, I guess I won't really know the answer to that until... Um, they name the next immortals. Mm. Well, you mentioned Ron Kurt. Like Kurt, I think he's a victim of John Raper being in the same era and exactly the same position as well. Now, do you think maybe that you've been a victim of the same scenario, that, that Wally's the same position, the same era? Oh, look, I, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of players that have gone through the same situation, you know, um, playing in, in certain areas where there's been so many great players and they've only picked one or two from that era and then moved on. And you think, well... I mean, I, I always argue the point. If people say, oh, you know, that was that was the best era. People say, oh, the 80s was the best era of the game. And I think at one stage they were talking about, 
you can only have one or two players out of each era. And I'm thinking, well, why? Yeah. If, mm. if the 80s was regarded as the best, obviously got a lot of quality players, how come you can only pick two? Why not just pick the best that you think they are and put them in if they're worthy of doing it? And um, I, I just, you know, I, I just think that that's what's happened to a lot of players, a lot of former players, was that the era that they'd come in was so good there were so many quality players, but they didn't want to put too many from that era in, maybe being frightened of people saying they've been biased or whatever. But mm. I just regard, I just think that if that was an era where they had so many quality footballers and they all and they deserved, we'll put them in. Yeah, mm. yeah, I agree with that. You know, do that, and and um, yeah, you know, there's a lot of guys. I look at, folks, I look at a, a guy by the name of John Sattler. I. You know, I used to love watching him as a kid and I, I often think, you know, how come he wasn't wasn't yeah. named? Why, yeah. why wasn't he put in? And he's probably because he's come through that era where there were so many mm. quality players and, and he picked one or two. Mm. Yeah, you know, it. It, just, it just makes it hard. I don't know how else they're going to be able to do it, but I've always thought that if they did it in, in um, decades or whatever... And, Maybe pick four, maybe more. I don't know, but there's definitely yeah. going to be a lot of players that will miss out that people will argue should have been an immortal. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, well, let me tell you, Bert. I, I think your life would change, um, and and I, I think it'd be for the better because you'd be honoured for what you've done for the game, and and not just for the game, but around the game too. I, I know we've talked about this before, but I met you when I was about five years old. You were my hero. Now, so can you tell the story to the so, listeners? Yeah. So, so yeah, and I, I, we talked about this, Bert, at the 2016 grand final lunch. Do you remember when I when I, I fronted you at the side of the, yep. the stage? And I said, I, I remember I spoke to you and you, and then you said to me what you said to me back then. And I was like, you said to me, I could, you know, do you want to do this like your dad, mate? And I'm like, yep. And you're like, you can do it, mate. Just keep training hard and, and I was just in awe of you, you know. Like, and you didn't you didn't need to do that. You were, you know, just being nice to a little kid, and and it inspired me. Um, and you know, you weren't just great on the field; you're great off it. And and when you get honoured for that sort of stuff, like becoming an immortal, it's not just yeah, it, it will change your life. It'll make you feel amazing. But all those people that have supported you along the way, they 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 ride that wave with you. Uh, I know, you know, our, our listeners like Steve from Dubbo, who's the biggest Bruce, Parramatta yeah. fan, and Parramatta. And- oh, mate, they they <laughs> love they love you, and they, and they ride that wave, and and I think you deserve it. So, you know, I, I've if I if I had a vote, mate, you'd be getting mine. That's for sure. Well, I'm uh, signing the petition. Yeah, yeah, we're on, we're yeah. on. We're uh, on. Mm. Now, now, Bert. Yeah. Oh, mate, look, you know, I, I just think it was that time, you know, when I was playing. That's what everyone was like. You know, a lot of all the players were. The, the same. You might have had one or two that wouldn't talk to a lot of people, but I think the fine majority of the guys that played during those times were always happy to talk to people and 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 young kids in particular. And you know, I mean, I, I know I used to have people come up and say to me, oh, "I didn't think we could talk to you, you guys." You know, and we'd say, well, "Why? We're no different to you. We just play rugby league." You know. I used to say to them, there's a guy down the road, a doctor, he saves lives. We just yeah. run around and chase a bit of pigskin. Yeah, well, you know, I'll, well, I'll tell you what, Bert. no different to you, you know. 
Yeah, I'll tell you what, mate. You you spoke to me, but I, but but I became I was such a, a one-eyed Parramatta fan. I'd sit in the dugout, particularly like when we were playing. When Cronulla was playing Parramatta, I'd cheer for Parramatta. And my old man clipped me one day. None of the Cronulla players had talked to me because I kept cheering for Parramatta. <laughs> I kept cheering for you, Bert, rather than the para, rather than Cronulla. I had my my Cronulla kit on, but I was cheering for Parramatta. So uh, I think there was a few back didn't, then. Didn't go down that well, mate. Yeah. Didn't go down that well. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he was a good man, your daddy looked after me over in England in 82 and sort of took me under his wing a bit and I learned a lot and um, he was always good to me and as I said, he was one of my idols as a young bloke and it was such a privilege to be able to, first of all, play against him and then play alongside him. It was it was great and I was able to do the same with Mick Cranden. So I was very fortunate, you know, a lot of people have their idols in sports and that but just don't have the opportunity to to either meet them or play with them, and and I was able to do that. Steve Rogers and Bert Kenny, the oh, poetry man. in motion. Mm. Hey, Bert, we could sit here and talk about your career for hours, and we want to thank you very much for taking time out to join us on Sports Day because we've had a lot of fans that have been texting and wanting to talk to you and want us to interview you. So we're so privileged to have you on the show, mate, and thank you very much for, for joining us on Sports Day. Not a problem, boys. It was a pleasure. Time for a racing update for Racing Queensland. Racing action continues every day across the Sunshine State. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. And don't forget, chances are you're about to lose. Uh, This man is loaded up with a stack of tips this weekend. Chris Nelson, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, mate. And the same to you, Jase. The same to all our listeners. I hope everyone had a great Christmas and, uh, yeah, looking forward to the new year. Mate, and it's okay to say Merry Christmas, everyone. It's okay. Bugger that happy holidays <laughs> rubbish. Oh, it's rubbish. Please, <laughs> don't get me started. All right, where are we racing across the state this weekend, mate? Uh, we've got meetings on Saturday at Doombin. I'll come back to that one in a moment. We also race at uh, Cairns, Cannon Park in Cairns, and we also race at Taroom and Aquas Bow Taroom, where's no, Taroom? Taroom. Taroom is uh, in Queensland, Jase. Uh, good, mate. Good to see. Just not sure where, but uh, by the end of the segment, I'll have <laughs> that answer for you because I'm pretty quick on the keys. Yeah, good stuff. Good, right. to see, good to see our racing Queensland expert is all over that. Yep. Actually, here we go. It's uh, it's in the it's in the Shire of Banana, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> yes, yes. Banana and locally split between the Shire of Banana and Western Downs region in yep. Queensland. Yep. So, know where it is now. Yeah, there you go. Fantastic. All right, mates. <laughs> uh, Doombin on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, you must have some tips for us. Well, yeah. Feature meeting at Doombin. The Group Three Vaux Rogue is the main race. We've also got the buffering. Uh, the Nudgy and the Shootout. So plenty of uh, wild cards there into the Big Magic Millions meeting in two weeks' time for those winners. Uh, tips, always got a tip for you, Jace. I think there's some good things. And the weather looks like it'll stay reasonably dry. Uh, race four, number nine, Emperor. Will probably be a little bit in red figures, but should have won last start. Didn't will this time. Race four, number nine. Race five, number four, Midnight in Tokyo. Uh Busting to win a race, ran second in the gateway last time out, can go one better this time around, race five, number four, and race seven, number three, this is the Vaux Rogue, show me mercy, the Sunshine Coaster was very good at Doombin first up, oh, Eagle Farm first up, can run well at Doombin on Saturday, so I think those three will all win, I'll throw in a roughie, race two, number five, she's a Chikatita, I don't like the race, I think there's a lot of question marks on some of the favoured runners, I think she's some chance at around $30, race two, number five. Wow. There's Scott Sattler type odds. Uh, let's have a look at um, the Gold Coast. Are we on the poly track or the uh, on the grass this weekend? 
Neither. We're going to Bow Desert instead. Oh, We're right. having a meeting at Aquas Bow Desert. Yeah, we're going there and running on the grass. And, of course, next Saturday is the first Saturday of the Magic Millions Carnival. So we'll be back on the new grass track next Saturday. Apparently it's uh, looking pretty good um, uh, here, Chris. So that's uh, that's not bad as well. Rightio, mate. Enjoy uh, the rest of your weekends and hopefully you will get some win. What are you doing, mate? What are you banging there? You realise we're doing a, a cross at the moment. Unprofessional. Just, uh, just a bit of paper here needs to get it's out getting, of my way. It's getting angry. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland's racing today. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. See you, Nelson. See you, Jase. Have a great weekend. Happy New Year.